Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter for A to Z Sports and A to Z Sports.com. And we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Link to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. And also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and threads for more great Titans content. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you like Wilson County Hyundai and WilsonCountyHyundai.com to make them a part of your new car buying process. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm Bureau Health Plans, get better with Farm Bureau Health Plans at fbhp.com slash atoz. The Aura app, protecting your information online and keeping you safe. And get a two-week free trial with our link, aura.com slash atoz. And Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three great locations across the mid-state in Columbia, Murfreesboro, and Franklin, KrebsKubota.com. So, Sam, first time in a long time, the Titans have been eliminated from playoff contention before the last game of the season. I, I can play a little trivia at the top of the show, Sam. Uh, do you know? When the last time the Titans went into an NFL game without the playoffs being a possibility, do you remember or do you know the last season of when that happened? That would be 2016. Yes. They made the playoffs in 17. They got eliminated in the last week of 18, made the playoffs in 19. Uh, then you yeah, made the playoffs, made the playoffs in, 20, in 20, made the playoffs in 21. They missed on the Jacksonville game in 22. So this is the first time since 2016 under Mike Malarkey that the, this has not been a possibility for the Titans. That is correct. Uh, that was, uh, I, I, I can remember the date. That was a January or maybe because Marcus Mariota broke his leg in Jacksonville on Christmas Eve of 20. 16 and then the next sunday a meaningless game i was in the press box that was before a to z had started our titan game day live that is the last game that i have been in the press box for a titans regular season game wow castle and tom savage uh played in a game that had nothing on the line uh it was backup quarterbacks shout out tom savage I love yes. Tom Savage. That's but, one of my favorite concussed. names to throw out there. Tom Savage got concussed on a quarterback sneak <laughs> in that game. And uh, yeah, so that the last game. Who uh, came in after Tom Savage? Oh, man. Who did? Osweiler? It could have been. I That's can't remember. That's an interesting. I'm going to have to look this up now. What week is this? This, this was week, week 17. Of the 2016 season. All right. We're going to find this out. Cause that, I mean, that piqued my interest now talking about random backup quarterbacks. Yeah. Lucas in. remembers uh, on a quarterback sneak and coming into the game to finish the game is. Uh, Brock Osweiler. Uh, uh, wait, no, this is not the right game. Hold the phone. Hold the this phone. Was, this was the first game of that season that Brock Osweiler played. So let's see. It was a 24 to 17 win. And yes, Brock Osweiler comes in for Tom Savage. So that is an early trivia win uh, mm. for your boy here, pulling Brock Osweiler here on a Wednesday morning. 
Yeah. So look, it's been a long, long time, Sam. Uh, th- I told you where I was in 2016. I, I believe it was January 1st of 2017. Uh, and look, the Titans uh, had, they were down bad, right? And there's some similarities to this season because you had a, a rookie quarterback or a second year quarterback technically in that year. And Marcus Mariota showing a lot of promise. Uh, then he gets injured, devastating injury the week before where you thought you had a lot on the line. Things were going great. Marcus was the player of the month in the NFL. At one point that season, the exotic smash mouth was rolling until it all came to a crashing halt on Christmas Eve. And look, I'm not saying the Titans were going to make the playoffs if they would have beat the Texans uh, on Sunday in Nissan Stadium, but they definitely would have been playing for a lot more and they lose that game in overtime in brutal fashion. And also Will Levis goes down and now there's question marks about that, right? So now the first time since 2015, the year before, where they've had multiple games with no playoff uh, meetings on the line. And so Mike Vrabel's in a very interesting spot. Let's hear from the Titans head coach on how he is, you know, having to do something for the first time in his head coaching career. This week's or these next three weeks are kind of a new experience for you as a head coach. How difficult do you expect it, or do you expect it to be difficult to keep the same messaging and? Kind no, of keep well, I don't know back. what the messaging is going to be. You know, it's just, you know, we'll figure that out and we'll try to we'll get them as prepared. We'll figure out who's available, who we need, um, you know, to make sure that. Uh, you know, our guys are ready once we determine who, who that's going to be to make sure that they're ready and that they all prepare as starters. And, you know, some of these, a lot of these guys are just getting their first opportunity of playing with us or playing with anybody. Challenge like keeping the morale where it needs to be in these last three weeks? Uh, you know, rely on the assistant coaches, rely on our leaders, um, be great every day, uh, don't be phony. You know, be as authentic as, as possible and uh, and keep teaching them uh, the things that are going to help them. Man, it, I'm interested, Austin, because Mike Vrabel said this multiple times in that press conference, which was like, I, I got to take some time. I got to take a couple days and think about what the message is going to be. Think about mm-hmm. how we're going to motivate these guys and get these guys up for this game. So I'm interested in hearing from the Titans head coach today uh, and really seeing what Mike Vrabel decided, what is the talking point for the Titans coaching staff today? Uh, and what are they hammering home to their players to motivate them to go get up for this game? You did hear him, him mention one thing, which is there are guys who might get opportunities to play who are getting their first chance to play either with the Titans or their first chance to play at all. And that is an example of what we were talking about, how this game, these next three games could be meaningless as far as playoff implications for the Tennessee Titans. But what do they mean for the players on the roster and uh, potentially their role or spot on the 2024 Titans? That is still up in the air. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Chris Frazier says that Vrabel's looking like, get me out of here. Look, this is a new era for Vrabel and, I want to say Zach and I, at some point this year, went back to find out if I think it was when the Titans were three and seven, Sam. I don't know Mm. if you were part of this conversation too. And Zach and I, it wasn't on air. We just went through Mike Vrabel's life in football. I was like, when was Mike Vrabel ever three and seven as a player or a coach? And there was a point, I want to say in 2006, 
2007 or 2008 or nine. Yeah, there was the, with two, the Kansas City was, Chiefs, right? Oh, okay, maybe. Yeah, that makes sense. And then there was a point when he was with the Pittsburgh Steelers, like year two in the league, when they were not in playoff contention at this point in the season. And I thought an important aspect of what Vrabel said is don't be phony. Be as authentic as you possibly can. And I think that's the most important thing that he said uh, in that you know, minute clip that we just listened there to, because it's all about, it's easy to, to be excited, to wake up, the alarm goes off in the morning and you're winning and you've got something to look forward to and you pop out of bed and you hit the feet at the floor and you get going. But man, when things are not going well, the alarm goes off and you hit snooze, you get up, you drag your feet to the coffee pot, all of these things, right? How can you be real and not be fake positive and, and all that? I think it's massive for these coaches and these players because there's a lot of young players on this roster that need to be shown how to handle this as a professional job in the last three games. I think it's what separates the good coaches from the, the average coaches in the National Football League is how you handle defeat. Um, and I, you see this trend a lot, Austin, where like, I'll, I'll just give you an example right now. Let's look into Philly and look at Nick Sirianni as a head coach who uh, I think fans and players are starting to get very sick of very fast. Why? Because you're not winning as many games and the shtick of being this head coach who's got all this juice and is fired up at all, all times, all days, uh, doesn't go over as well when you're not winning. I could say the same thing about some years with Dan Campbell in Detroit. Like when things aren't going well, you can't do what you just said, which is show up and be like, gentlemen, it's a blessing we get to play football. Everything's still out in front of us. Let's go battle and go to war and try and shock the world, right? You're not fooling anybody. And a good head coach or a great head coach in the National Football League is able to weather the storm of down seasons and down weeks and down months and uh, maintain their temperament, maintain their locker room, and be, as you said, believable and real and not phony. And so, yeah, Mike Vrabel cannot show up to work anymore and sell his players on like working hard in the, in the name of, hey, let's go make a playoff push, right? He has to find another way to motivate these guys. He has to find another way to be honest and say, yeah, this sucks. We're going to have to come and we're going to have to work hard anyway, work our butts off anyway, and we can't even make the playoffs, but here's why you should care. Here's why you should love to do it, and here's who you should do it for. Um, if he's able to do that, I think that's a good testament to who he is as yeah. a head coach and as a leader. I no doubt Bork says the body seems a, a, a more sore when you got nothing to play for. Orlando says the good news is the young guys don't want to feel this feeling again. That a lot of fire, uh, hopefully. Uh, and Darren with a good comment here too. Uh, you wake up, you tell yourself, I'm getting paid to play a game that I love and it's feeding my family and I've got to put good plays on tape even though it's not a good team. And I think that's, you know, with the franchise for some of, hey, for some of these guys, right? I yeah. mean, hey, like, I think, right. So I guess, Austin, here's a question for you just off the jump before we get into our, our real uh, question here. You're a Tennessee Titans player right now. 
you're playing what did you play in high school wide receiver corner something like that wide receiver in uh you know uh, box safety i was way better at run defense you need to sign up for the you need to sign up for the all white nfl tryout that safety Uh, Uh, i don't want to put me out there on the corner I was enjoying the discourse of people oh being, gosh. I don't know what we're Hilarious. doing at corner. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Not me. You, uh, I'll tell you that much. Not me. We, uh, what do you, what would you play for in this situation? How, how do you get yourself up? It, let's say you're not right. Somebody on a contract year. Let's say you're not a rookie battling for a roster spot. Let's say you are a star and you're, you, you are Jeffrey Simmons who is not healthy, but if he was right, uh, what is the thing that you think Titans players need to latch on to to motivate them over the next three weeks? I think it's it's just the internal who are you? You know, who are you as a person and who and who do you want to strive to be? What are you doing when you're backed up in the corner? And look, Jody says uh, Austin Seahorn. I, I don't know if Jason Seahorn can still ball, but maybe Jason Seahorn needs to come out and play corner for the all white team. And and real quick, uh, Ken says Austin couldn't cover a damn thing. Uh, and then Orlando says, no way Austin was a box safety. Look, Orlando, I, I can hit, I can tackle. I, I, that's the one thing that I love to do. Send, get don't me cover, going downhill. Cover, yeah, get downhill. No, but I will say this. I will say this. Uh, I had four snaps against Rod Wilkes, who was a four-star recruit wide receiver out of Smyrna, whose quarterback, you know, was Sonny Gray. Cy Young winner Sonny Gray was there the quarterback for Smyrna. Rod Wilkes went to Tennessee. He was a four-star wideout. I had four coverage snaps, man-to-man on Rod Wilkes, zero catches, one target, lockdown, baby. <laughs> like it wasn't just that he didn't get thrown the football. He got thrown. I yeah, I had four coverage Your snaps Sonny, against Rod. Sonny Gray's worst nightmare. Uh no, Sonny Gray was uh uh, three and zero against uh, my team. So, All right, well, never mind. Um, and, you know, he but he was back to back state champ. Sonny Gray was Peyton Manning if he was four inches taller. I that's he was a freaking he, ridiculous. He is short. That is and, uh, that is a um, fact. Nick Nick is right. Oklahoma drill. That's my that's my style. Oklahoma drill. Bring it, baby. All right. So, um, I, but it's about who are you as a person and what's your drive? What are you going to be and what are you going to show everybody around you? for the future that I'm, I can be somebody that this team needs to lean on when this game matters next year. If it's the fourth quarter in December, what are you doing? Who's stepping up in, in a game where the season's still on the line and it's third and whatever, and you got to do your job to make sure that your team succeeds offense or defense or whatever. That's what you're trying to put on tape right here. Yeah. I I saw a comment earlier. I liked a lot. It was just about like pride. Right. I think you have to have a sense of personal pride about who's watching. Right. What is it like? And this would be my motivation. Like, what is my legacy? What is my NFL legacy? Um, every sack counts. Every catch counts. Every yard counts. Right. It, it builds your reputation, your career numbers, uh, you know, your ability to to win and carry a team and be a good teammate. These are all things about your legacy that I think players can be motivated for. And it's so interesting, right? Because I think fans have this idea a lot of the time of the tank. And like, I don't believe at least in professional football that tanking is like a real thing at all. Maybe some 
maybe a, a teeny little bit by a coach or somebody like that. But players don't do this no. because players have very thin margins and NFL careers are so very short and every play means something. And so whether you're DeAndre Hopkins out here trying to bolster his career statistics for his Hall of Fame resume and add another 1,000-yard season um, and stacking to his resume that way, or you're Caleb Murphy playing in his second career NFL game off the edge and just trying to prove you belong at this level, players always have a reason to play and to do their best. And so, um, I mean, that's part of the reason I asked the question is just to establish what some of these guys are playing for and then segue that into what we're going to talk about today, which is who has the most on the line and who needs this more than anybody else. Yeah. And uh, Trey says inadvertent tanking is a real thing. And it's kind of what Vrabel mentioned. It's not that they're tanking. It's the guys get opportunities and you want to yeah. find out who they are and they might be lesser players. But, but uh, it's, I mean, it's the example of like, right. People look at the, uh, what is it? The Texans game. It's that Texans game against the Colts in week 18 last year where the Texans cost themselves that number one pick, which might've saved their franchise in hindsight because they, they got, cj stroud instead of bryce young well they still could have gotten cj stroud true we don't know if they do that or not we don't we don't know how those chips fall but Mm -hmm. i mean they davis mills throws that last second 30 yard touchdown to whoever irrelevant player caught the ball in the end zone and people like what are you doing this was the number one pick whatever it's those guys don't care those guys are seeing nfl statistics and a potential payday and trying to build their legacy uh, on the field there. And so they're trying to make a play and every f- football player is, I, I don't think there's such thing as a player tanking or quitting or trying not to win. I, I'm not sure that happens. No, no doubt about that. All right. So Sam, you wrote an article for a to Z sports.com yesterday, five players entering audition mode for the Titans and the last three games. Now that the playoffs are dead, we'll get to your five guys. But first I want to tell you guys, all about Fox's Donut Den. Hey, we had an A to Z viewer that was in town for the game over the weekend, and they sent us a picture on Twitter. Hey, I just stopped by Fox's Donut Den hey now. Uh, to get breakfast. That was awesome. That was really fun to see, and that's what you should do in Green Hills, right in Sam's neck of the woods, uh, where Fox's Donut Den is where you should go for all of your holiday sweets, your holiday donuts. They've got way more than donuts, too. Uh, They've got all types of muffins and pastries to make your holiday party, your holiday family gathering to the next level with Fox's Donut Den. Generations of Nashvillians know what's up with Fox's Donut Den. So if you want to go by and get yourself a dozen or however many it may be, gift cards for the stockings. Again, I think stocking stuffers are always big. A little bit goes a long way, and Fox's Donut Den can be a part of those stocking stuffer plans this holiday season, right next to Hillsborough High School, right next to Hillsborough High School in Green Hills. And guess what? Hillsborough High School is not in session, uh, so you cannot have to battle that school traffic this time of year. So go check out Fox's Donut Den for your holiday gatherings. Today's show also powered by BetMGM. BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM and get up to $1,500 back in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet doesn't win. 
You can use that code ATOZ Sports when you sign up. Whatever your first wager amount is, even if your bet loses, that money gets put back into your account in the form of a bonus bet, and you get a second chance to win big. It's the best way to do sports betting is when the risk is limited and you get two shots at hitting a big one. So use BetMGM and the bonus code ATOZ Sports today. All right, so Sam, on AtoZSports.com, you wrote it, five Titans players who have uh, audition mode entering their role uh, with the Titans as this season's wrapping up. Three games left. So, look, Traylon Burks is involved in this. He's a, a big part of the show. And I know Traylon Burks was name number one that you discussed uh, in this post. Yeah, I mean, Traylon Burks, I think, falls exactly under the idea of audition season. And so I guess we can paint a little bit of a picture of what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about these guys that either have a spot on the 2024 roster currently in question that they can essentially earn with their play over the last three weeks or a role on the 2024 team that they can earn with their play over the last three weeks. One thing I find very interesting about the Titans this offseason is we know they have like $90 million of cap space. They have a ton of money to spend in free agency. They should have a top 10 pick, maybe a top five pick in the NFL draft that they can use on a position of need. How they use their resources to fill their holes is going to be fascinating when it comes to what they prioritize and what they feel most inclined to fill. How does that change based off of how some of these guys perform? And so when I look at Traylon Burks, I look at a wide receiver that the Titans have obviously had very, very high expectations for through two seasons of his NFL career. He was a first round pick. He was the guy that was supposed to come in and essentially replace AJ Brown. Fair, maybe not fair. I don't know. That's the reality of the situation when it comes to Traylon Burks with the Titans. It hasn't been that. He's had roadblock after roadblock. He has been severely disappointing both on the field and his inability to stay on the field. But if Traylon Burks can build off of his 60-something yard performance from last Sunday and continue to look better and better and better for three games here, how does that change the Titans' perception of what they need to add at wide receiver? DeAndre Hopkins has been a godsend for this team. He can't really do it alone. He needs more help, and they don't really have a wide receiver too because Burks has not lived up to expectations, and he hasn't been available for the Titans. If he can have some big games, I'm not sure if it's necessarily their wide receiver two that they want, but maybe they're more inclined to go for some depth pieces, right? Like there's a drop-off between, hey, are they targeting Tyler Boyd and Darnell Mooney in free agency, or are they needing to spend big on Michael Pittman Jr. and T. Higgins, and they need to go for a bigger fish? Are they using that first-round pick? Calvin Ridley. On, uh, uh, yeah, Calvin right. Ridley, right? Are they using that first-round pick on Keon Coleman at six overall, or are they saying... Uh, we can sign somebody and use Burks and Hopkins and we're good and we can go for offensive line. I think a lot of that has to do with what Burks looks like over the last three weeks. So huge implications for the Titans and massive implications for Traylon Burks because uh, the rubber is going to hit the road pretty soon and you're going to be out of opportunity if you don't get your act together and have some big games. No, absolutely. And I think the best thing about Traylon Burks' performance on Sunday is that he had three targets. He had three catches. Yeah. 
we've seen a lot of Traylon Burks have targets <clears throat> and not have a great completion percentage when targeting him. And the fact and, that it was three for three for 62 yards, that's a chunk average, 20 per pop. That's a big deal that you can hope to build on. Yeah, two catches over 20 yards, like a 20-yard completion and like a 30-something yard catch as well kind of showed you some of the design of like, hey, this is how the Titans could use Traylon Burks to make him really, really dangerous on some of these long developing crossing patterns on play action that set up for, you know, hey, he he's wide open. It's They used to run that concept with AJ all the time, mm-hmm. and it was so, so successful, right? And you saw that Traylon Burks is capable of it. Well, you yeah, Sam, we talked, and we're going to talk about Traylon Burks here uh, throughout the show, but we talked to, our show Friday, Sam, was why is Traylon Burks not doing anything on offense? And a lot of the reasons were he was running the second best route of the concept and DeAndre Hopkins was running route 1A of the concept and the defense has to go deep with Burks or whoever's going deep. And so D-Hop's wide the heck open. Well, on that 37-yard catch early in that game on Sunday, Traylon Burks is running route 1A on that particular design. And so that's a good thing to see that they put him in that, in that opportunity. So we'll get back to Traylon Burks. Um, there's a lot of comments here, but we've got questions to ask the people here later up. But Sam, uh, continue with your uh, Titans players entering audition mode for the rest of the season. Well, I saw a comment earlier that actually uh, singled this guy out and he, he was bunched in with two of them. I mentioned one of them earlier being Caleb Murphy. The other one is Rashad Weaver to me, uh, two guys off the edge that I think have a lot to prove. Will Caleb Murphy play? We're not sure yet. He's only been active in one game and gotten on the field uh, during one Titans game. Mike Vrabel asked if he was somebody specifically who could see opportunity. He was like, ah, we'll see. Um, but Rashad Weaver played the most snaps he has played in, in a Titans uniform this season last week. Uh, he also got the highest percentage of defensive snaps he has gotten all season last week. He also set a season high in tackles last week, had a tackle for loss, had a very good game and seemed to improve. I don't know what happened to Rashad Weaver. Uh, I do think he was a beneficiary last season of some good pass rush from Jeffrey Simmons and Danica Watry, potentially giving him some of these sacks. But Mm -hmm. uh, with the return of Harold Landry and the signing of Arden Key, he's gotten less opportunity, went from a five and a half sack player to a zero sack player. But Danico Autry is going to be a free agent this offseason. And so this Mm -hmm. falls into a bucket for me, Austin, of what I just said. The Titans have all these needs. They have all these resources. But how do they attribute those resources? Do they feel like they need to add another edge rusher? They still have Arden Key. They still have Harold Landry. Does Rashad Weaver show you enough to earn that third spot? Or do you think you need to go and add somebody? I think that's dictated based on how Rashad Weaver looks over the next three weeks because he looked pretty good against the Texans. He looks like how he looked at the beginning of the year where he cannot hold the edge, play Mm -hmm. contain, and stop the run. Yeah, you need to add some talent there. So he's one guy I'd like to see step up. And then what do you have in Caleb Murphy? That still seems to be a question that doesn't have a huge answer. There's no better time to play him than now. I'd like to see him get in get in there for some of these uh, defensive snaps just to see what he is. Um, but potentially, you know, he has the ability to even just be a guy that goes out there on third down and can get after the quarterback. 
uh, does that bolster your pass rush for next season and give you the ability to use resources elsewhere? Yeah, and can either of these guys that play edge that need to be able to rush a passer, can either of those guys set the edge in consistent form in the run game? Because Rashad Weaver's weakest spot has been that, the run defense. He's also, like, if I had one thing to point out for Rashad Weaver for the offseason, what he has to work on, dude's got to get stronger down low. He's got to get more base. And he can't, he's so, he's so tall and long. It's a detriment. He gets stood up easy and stopped in his tracks. And Arden Key's kind of the same body type. Weaver's thicker, but I think Arden Key's got more strength than Weaver just because of age and experience. But that's where I, I think Rashad Weaver's got to look at. All right, Sam, onto the offensive line, a couple guys entering audition mode. I, I think. We've jumped the shark of Jalen Duncan having potential to really be a focal point of the offensive line, but I think he can definitely help. Yeah, I mean, this is another one, right? It's all about resources because we know the Titans need help on the offensive line. We know they're going to add one, two at the minimum offensive linemen and really try and reshuffle this deck in terms of their starting five. But there's an argument to be made that they need like four starters on the offensive line because Aaron Brewer, unrestricted free agent. You still have Peter Skaronsky. You don't really have a left tackle. Andre Dillard's going to get cut in the offseason. Jalen Duncan, probably not a starting caliber player. Daniel Brunskill, can he start? Probably, maybe. You might move Daniel Brunskill over to center where that is a position that's natural for him that he can play well. And so now you have Skaronsky and uh, Brunskill, but you might need three offensive line starters, and that's where Jalen Duncan and Dylan Radins are on audition mode for me. Uh, I know neither one of them have been very good this season. I would say Dylan Radins, if you put anything into PFF grade, uh, has graded out the best at right tackle, which he has played each of the last four games, and he's had his five best grades of the season in the five games he's played right tackle for the Titans. So uh, him and Jalen Duncan, I think both proving or playing to prove they can either be a swing tackle, a versatile bench piece, or potentially a starter that you don't have to spend money on, on one of the less important positions on this offensive line. If they're going to go use a first round pick on a left tackle, if they're going to spend big potentially on a right tackle or a right guard, you want to know that you have a piece in Raidens that's versatile enough to bump inside that can play a couple different positions or a swing tackle like Duncan that has good size uh, to make you feel better about it. If these guys continue having some of the train wreck performances they had last week, you might have to scrap this whole thing altogether and say, NPF is our swing tackle. We've got Skaronsky and Brunskill, and we need five offensive linemen. Like, you have the potential of just having absolutely nothing there. These two, I think, are playing for potential roster spots next season right now and playing to carve themselves a role on this team. Yeah, um, let's see. I think um, <clears throat> Esco says no flags last week from Raiden's yay, uh, small victories. Yeah, just for like sure. Paul Karski requested. <clears throat> yeah, right. Yeah, he, he didn't mess up and, you know, cost them five yards for no reason at all. So I think, you know, you brought up NPF and, you know, Curtis says he forgot about NPF because 
he ha- he hasn't played, didn't play much at all this season. And so um, he got hurt after coming back. I don't think Nicholas Petit's Frere is very good. I think Jalen Duncan and NPF or in a competition for the swing tackle. You you mentioned three offensive linemen in Duncan, Raidens, and Brunskill. I think the Titans could have a successful offseason if all three of those guys are your offensive linemen six, seven, and eight. I don't uh, think like, Brunskill's going to be a backup offensive lineman next year. I well, think he's going to start whole, somewhere on that. It's group. because maybe because it's like an impossible like issue to fix in another in two off seasons because they I mean, tried in been, one off season. Daniel Brunskill's been good. His problem is he's too small at guard. Like the, I think they'd rather have him play center than guard. Part maybe. of the reason they've gone to Calvin Throckmorton some of the time is they wanted more uh, more oh, size at the right yeah. guard spot. And Brunskill has played center before. It's at maybe his natural position is at center. And I we obviously know they love versatility. He can bump anywhere. So I actually think that's the most likely scenario is that Daniel Brunskill's your starting center in 2024. Um, here's another one of these questions, right? Is Peter Skaronsky a tackle or a guard? And sure. is his need to play tackle potentially determined by how a tackle like Jalen Duncan plays? I, I think it's probably more likely that he's a guard. And then you have to go spend on a tackle, but you still need a right guard. You still need a right tackle. You still need a left tackle. Um, and where do Jalen Duncan and Dylan Raidens fit into that puzzle being yeah. under contract on their rookie deals? That is the question that needs answering. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I look, if Dylan Raidens can earn a starting job and be a competent offensive lineman for this team, that's a good thing because you're getting something out of a second round pick that now is just bonus. So Sam, let's ask the chat this question. You went through your five players Entering audition mode to recap Traylon Burks at wide receiver, edge rushers, Rashad Weaver and Caleb Murphy, and offensive lineman Jalen Duncan and Dylan Radins. Five guys entering audition mode. Now let's ask this. Who has the most to prove in the Titans' last three games? And let's just not limit this to the players. You can bring in some coaches if you want to. Uh, who has the most to prove in the Titans' last three games? But Sam, tell everybody about our friends, the Bone & Joint Institute. The Bone and Joint Institute, they're the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Uh, You don't want to fumble on your recovery whenever you get hurt in life. So go to the Bone and Joint Institute and see our friends over there. They have a state-of-the-art rehab facility located out in Franklin to assist in your daily recovery. Uh, That facility has everything, rehab, surgery, image, your clinic, testing. It's all under one roof, no driving all over Middle Tennessee to go to different appointment places, just go see them out in Franklin. Easy as can be. Great doctors, great care, great facilities. Uh, schedule your appointment with the Bone and Joint Institute today at boneandjointtn.org. All right, with BetMGM, you can always win big with our bonus code ATOZ Sports. That means you get uh, up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if that first bet misses. But Sam, we're continuing the seven days of parlays here leading up mm. to. Christmas Eve and every morning. I don't know if you've been checking this thing out, but a free parlay gift in your BetMGM account every morning through Christmas Eve. Seven days of parlays to win bigger. So you got to make sure you use those things because they disappear after one day. I believe this morning's uh, parlay boost is in the NBA. So it could be with the NFL. It could be with some bowl games. It could be with the NBA or any other action on the BetMGM app. So make sure you check out seven days of parlays with the BetMGM app. 
Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only, new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligible requirements. War rewards issues, knowledgeable bonus bets. Uh, bonus bets expire within uh, one day of issuance uh, for the parlay. And then for problem game sport, call Tennessee Redline at 800-889-9789. So Sam asked the question, who has the most to prove in the Titans' last three games? And this is not just about players, right? Uh, real quick, JSR has been asking this question a, a lot over uh, on YouTube. Is Will Levis out for the season? Uh, there is nothing that has been determined yet when it comes to Will Levis's availability for the rest of the year. They go on the practice field today for the first time this week, um, and we'll see what Will Levis is going to do. But Sam's going to get to – we're going to – JSR, hang tight. We're going to get to some quarterback conversation later on. He's not practicing. Well, yeah, I don't know why. The answer is nothing has been determined. I okay. Uh, Should I get my thoughts on that real quick? Should I get my? No, you can wait. Let's get to the let's get to the chat. We asked them a question, and so we need to answer their question. I'm trying to answer this question now. Well, I I know. I just wanted to, you know, JSR been asking the question over and over. We'll we'll come back to go by feeling unseen. So, uh, but who has the most to prove in the Titans' last three games? Uh, All right. I, I have my answer very strongly. Uh, Mark says it is Traylon Burks. Uh, Curtis says the young offensive lineman. I see a Kyle Phillips. I see a Tim Kelly. I see another Tim Kelly. Jalen Duncan, Malik Willis, uh, Phillips and Burks, Willis, Kelly, Kelly, Eric Gehr. Uh, Easy answer. Traylon Burks, Malik Willis, Tim Kelly, Tim Kelly, Tim Kelly. Uh, we have the entire offensive line. Jalen Duncan, Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill. Traylon Burks, uh, Shane Bowen, going with the other coordinator is yeah. Jody. Uh, we have uh, Vrabel, Kelly, and Bowen, the entire coaching staff, essentially. The entire staff is what Orlando says as well. Traylon Burks, Derek Henry from Rashid, Miss Amy. I don't know what Miss Amy would be proving. Uh, Will wants Miss Amy to prove some, I guess, by firing Mike Vrabel, if that's what he wants, that she has something to prove. Uh you have your answer, Austin. Who has the most approved for the Titans down the stretch? It is Traylon Burks. We talked about him earlier in the show. I think Traylon Burks has an opportunity to change or a start to change the narrative about him. Oh, look, I, I don't really think there's anything he can realistically do in the next three games to change the opinion of people that watch our show and Titans fans across Titans land uh, until he goes into next season and scores touchdowns and stays healthy. Like the only way Traylon Burks is going to change people's mind is scoring touchdowns and staying healthy in the year 2024. But can he start to stack games together? Sam, we talked a couple weeks ago when he was returning from his concussion that we wanted to see an average of 50 yards a game and availability uh, in the remaining games that he played. Now, it took a couple knock the rust off, warm up, get some cardio in games for Traylon Burks to do anything of substance. But he got 62 yards on three catches, three targets against uh, the Texans. I don't know who's going to be the quarterback. We'll talk about that again here in a little bit. But can Traylon Burks make plays when the play is presented to him over the next three weeks? He's got zero margin of error in my mind. He's got to prove himself that he can do this and prove that to everybody that he was worth a first round pick, whether it was the AJ Brown replacement or not. And what you said earlier about Burks, if Burks can put together the final three games of this season 
understanding the quarterback play is most likely going to drop off some. If Trillin Burks can can put together another 150 cumulative yards, so 50 per game, to get him over 200 in the last four weeks, again, that's not good, but we have to understand this offense is I mean, not it's on bad. That's the pacing for an 800 to 900 yard receiving season, which is wide receiver two caliber stuff. Yes. If Traylon Burks can do this, then now what you said earlier is the Titans don't have to truly spend the draft or salary cap capital on wide receiver two. You can go into next year with DeAndre Hopkins and Traylon Burks, add a legitimate pro to that, and maybe a mid Yeah, a legitimate mid-round. wide receiver three, though. Like, like a, yeah. A, a leg- yeah a, an experienced pro. Like, I like Chris Moore a lot. Somebody asked if I hit my Chris Moore bet. I think BetMGM was listening, because they listen to the show. We, we love BetMGM. They, they know what's up. I think they were listening to me talking about Chris Moore over receiving and rushing yards combined, because they didn't even put on the dang board. And Chris Moore crushed would have crushed the number, uh, but I think I, I think BetMGM was kind of scared of what I what I put out there. But I like Chris Moore a lot. But Chris Moore needs to be wide receiver four or five. I don't think you're keeping both NWI and Chris Moore, who are both expiring contracts. I think one of them can come back. Which one is it? I kind of lean towards Chris Moore. I think he's got more juice in the tank than NWI, and Colton Dowell can do what NWI did on special teams. So that's you know deeper con- uh, roster planning. But if Traylon Burks can show up and make plays consistently like he did on Sunday, then now you can save some of that free agent spend and not go have to overpay a Calvin Ridley or a T. Higgins if the Bengals let him out. Um, And you can spend that money on a corner, on some interior offensive line, a veteran center, and then you draft – your your left tackle, you draft a corner, you draft a receiver that you can build on. So I think Traylon Burks has Traylon Burks's performance the last three weeks. I think he is the player who can change the offensive, the offseason game plan the most of any other player that's going to play. I'll answer it that way if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think that's absolutely correct. What he does probably influences the Titans the most because, like we said, right, it could be Darnell Mooney, Tyler Boyd type of guys. Would love to add either one of those guys to this receiving room as a wide receiver three. If you come into next season with Hopkins, Mooney, Burks, and that's your core with a Chris Moore slash NWI's wide receiver four, you're good. Like, you're, you're feeling solid about that position group going into next year. But in order for you to feel good about that, Traylon Burks has to do what you said. He has to have, you know, three more 60-yard games that show that he's capable of doing this with some level of consistency. He's not my person, though, because the question that we asked is, who has the most to gain? And the individual with the most to gain is whoever starts at quarterback for the last three weeks of the season. Uh, Because Ryan Tannehill, this could be the end of the road. Like, what, what is he doing Next season, is he starting somewhere? Is he even a backup somewhere? How much are teams paying him? I think he can help fix a lot of the questions about him as a veteran quarterback with three very strong games where he looks 
competitive, right? You don't have to look like the best quarterback in the world, but does he look like he's still Andy Dalton caliber to go and get a $10 million contract to go be a backup somewhere? Is there a team that needs a veteran quarterback? Like if Arthur Smith doesn't get fired from Atlanta, which he probably will, but is there a team that needs a quarterback that's just serviceable enough to bring in Ryan Tannehill on a cheap deal to be their starter? Maybe, right? But I think Ryan Tannehill has to be able to prove that he still has something to make NFL teams want to give him a shot. For Malik Willis, this might be his last stand at even earning an NFL roster spot. The Titans have made him the third string, have opted to not give him any opportunity as a year two quarterback. Um, There's a lot of concern about how he has developed and whether or not he is even a capable passer in the National Football League, whether he's capable of operating an offense. And so I think for Malik Willis, if, if it is him getting a spot and a chance to play and he looks horrible, it might be the end of the line. I certainly think it's the end of the line with the Tennessee Titans. Now, if he can show that he still has some of those flashes that we saw in the preseason at times, right, then Malik Willis probably extends his career both in Tennessee and in the National Football League as a backup that you feel like can continue to grow. But I think those two guys have all the most on the line of any player that could be playing over the next three weeks. Yeah, so Trey says Sam just answered a totally different question. No, I mean it's it's who has the most to prove in the last three games of the Titans season. And if who has the most Ryan to prove? Tannehill- Malik Willis has something to prove to the Titans. Ryan Tannehill has something to prove to the rest of the NFL. And I think For that sure. the right you said that Traylon Burks has the ability to influence the Titans offseason the most, which I agree with. I think the consequences for playing poorly or not playing at all for Ryan Tannehill and Malik Willis will be more severe than they are for anybody else. I think the drop off from what they could gain, I mean, legitimately, Austin, you talk Ryan Tannehill, let's say he plays the last three weeks. Let's say he's awful, right? He's probably not in the NFL next season. Let's say Ryan Tannehill looks pretty solid. He probably gets $10 million to go be a backup somewhere. That is the legitimate difference of like what veteran NFL QBs are getting paid to be backups today versus the trade-off of if he doesn't have it still. Yeah. $10 million in a spot on a roster, big gap and a lot to prove for Ryan Tanner. For sure. I'm going to ask you a a question that we talked about yesterday. And if you were in here in the chat yesterday, uh, you can answer again. If you weren't, please give us your answer. Who would you rather see play at quarterback if Will Levis isn't going? Because Sam, you feel pretty confident that it's not going to be Levis. Uh, but first, let me tell you guys about Krebs Kubota, Middle Tennessee's preferred equipment provider. KrebsKubota.com is their website. They have uh, a direct relationship with Kubota as an elite Kubota dealer in the mid-state, which means the best equipment in the industry, the best warranties in the industry, anything that you think you need, things that you don't know you need, that you will need for that project coming up this spring. Uh, Krebs Kubota has, and they have the people that can help you accomplish those goals and finish those projects to the right standard for your property, for your home, whatever you've got going on outside. Krebs Kubota can make it happen with you, with their customer service and their top of the line equipment with Kubota. In Franklin, Columbia, and Murfreesboro, you can find them online at KrebsKubota.com. 
Today's show powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports when you sign up with BetMGM. Up to $1,500 back in bonus bets is what you can get into your account when you sign up and you use that bonus code. Place that first wager and whatever the wager amount is, that money goes back into your account for a second chance to win big, even if the bet loses when you sign up using our bonus code. It's ATOZ Sports on the king of sportsbooks, BetMGM and BetMGM.com. All right, so Sam, we asked this yesterday. Uh, Zach and I had different opinions on this. Uh, if Will Levis is not going to play, who should the Titans play at quarterback? And I guess who would you rather see as well? However you want to answer that, I'm curious. Who would you rather see and who should play? Yeah, well, first, I'm just going to say, Will Levis is not going to play. I think he's done for the season. This is a high ankle sprain. We've done a show with the Bone and Joint Institute when Ryan Tannehill had this, Austin, to talk about exactly what this is. This is severe. Like, I don't think people realize how significant a, a high ankle sprain can be. This is means like ligament damage. There are torn ligaments in Will Levis's ankle that need to be. Or sh- we don't know if they're torn. Uh, they are. They are torn minimum. They are out of place. Stretched. Yeah, there are. There is ligament damage in the ankle for with high ankle sprain. I don't know. We don't know how severe. There's a lot of different variables for what it can be. So just, uh, you know, but yeah, there's oh, ligament damage. That's what happens stretched they could be torn should he play on this thing and then he requires surgery and and whatever he might already need some sort of surgery I don't know this is not a joke of an injury this is not something that you need a couple days to sit from and you bounce back from or even one week I think it's a multi-week injury I think the Titans will do the smart thing and probably just sit him down I think he's done for the season we'll see what the Titans say about that but uh, assuming he's out I would rather see Ryan Tannehill at quarterback, and I think that's the smart move. Um, And I think it comes down to the assessment that we just talked about of like, hey, there are guys on this team that have a lot to prove to you and a lot to show you, specifically on the offensive side of the football. And I think that the question the Titans need to ask themselves is, is Malik Willis capable of operating your offense in a way that it still runs and functions like your offense. I mean, we've seen him get sat down in the preseason for not throwing the football enough. We've seen uh, him play in a regular season game and take like five sacks in like two drives or six sacks in two drives or whatever it is because he's looking to run and not throwing the ball. So, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins, Traylon Burks, these guys that are in your offense that you're looking to see work together and build off of it, you need a quarterback who can actually make the group function. I don't think Titans fans are necessarily considering that as much. It'd be easy to say, all right, send Malik out there. Why not? What's the point of seeing Ryan Tannehill? Well, the point of having Ryan Tannehill in there is so that you can actually fairly assess everybody else, offensive line, wide receivers, everybody, uh, by figuring out, what you have in them through your quarterback. So I'd rather see Ryan Tannehill. I think if the Titans feel confident enough in Malik Willis and they've genuinely seen that growth, then yeah, you probably play him. Why not? I just haven't seen it personally uh, with my own two eyes to feel confident in that. And so I'm going to take the guy that I know is a somewhat proven quantity in Ryan Tannehill, give him a bit of a farewell tour, give him a chance to, to reestablish his value. That's my take on it. Yeah, and like I, I agree. I think for a lot of the same reasons and, and analysis that you gave is that if Malik Willis is out there playing quarterback, we're not going to learn anything about Traylon Burks. But, so maybe, gonna... 
maybe you start right. with Malik Willis, right? And then if it's not going through a couple drives, yeah. you just yank him. But I mean, that's the most damning thing of all is if you put him out there in a meaningless game and still have to pull him because I don't know. It, it all comes down to the assessment from the Titans coaching staff of like, where is Malik? Can Malik operate this offense in a way that, like you said, we can get Traylon an opportunity to catch some footballs, that we can give this offensive line an opportunity to prove they can protect and to work on working together without having a quarterback that tries to run and escape the pocket two seconds after his drop back every time. Like, I think we need some sort of offensive, uh, like you just need it to function like normal in order to be able to grade and judge what you have. If you think Malik is capable of that, okay, play him. I'm not sure I'm convinced he is. I'm not. I, I think you're you're literally just trying to let the clock run fast and out of time if Malik is the quarterback. Uh, yeah, I, you're just running the ball with Derrick Henry. And like, could, yeah, could you move the ball down the field and score touchdowns doing read options and wildcats and all this stuff? Henry, Spears, Malik combo. Yeah, you might even be able to score some points. But who is that for? Who are you doing that for? Who is that productive for? Um I, I, you know, I don't, I don't see the point in it. Yeah. I mean, you've got DeAndre hot and Devin brings up D hop will be pissed if they play Malik. I mean, I don't know what D hop's relationship is. Or isn't with Malik. If they play Malik and he's not getting the football thrown to him. I sure. mean, he's, and, got, and, he's got haters to prove wrong and he's got uh, incentives to hit. He's, he's close to notching a lot of different numbers there. And Malik is going to take money out of his pocket potentially. And you want to keep DeAndre Hopkins happy because you want DeAndre Hopkins to be a focal point for next year in year two of Levis with Burks, with the reshuffled offensive line and all that kind of stuff. Right. So Sam, I know you had a a follow-up question for me when it comes to the quarterback situation. Yeah. Just real quick. It's pretty easy. Is there any world in which we get the starting quarterback named before Sunday? Or before a, a an Ian Rappaport leak on Saturday evening, like, do you think Mike? That's my question: Is do you think Mike Vrabel announces who will play for the Titans during practice at some point this week? You guys talked to Vrabel today before practice, right? Today before practice, Friday after practice. Will we hear either one? Uh, I, let's do it in two parts. Will we hear the status of Will Levis at some point this week? And will we hear which quarterback is playing at some point this week? Because hmm. typically yeah. I'm with Ramon and it's no way, but you're out of playoff contention and what Mike Vrabel yeah, What's the game? Here? And that's what I was pausing to think on is like, what's the gamesmanship here? Because Seattle just beat the Eagles, right? And Seattle is ready to roll. They want to make the playoffs. They've got something to play for. I, I don't think will. I don't think he will say. I think the first thing that we will know out of Mike Vrabel's mouth is if Will Levis is in or out, which we'll we'll probably get Friday. He's not going to say that early, yeah. uh, but when he doesn't practice Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, I think he'll announce Will Levis is out. To which the follow up is going to be: You decided if you're going with Ryan or Malik yet? The question is, does Mike Vrabel answer that? I think, no, that's my official guess, is that we don't hear who the quarterback will be. My prediction for today's answer is, you know, Will's not going to be able to practice today. 
Uh, Ryan and Malik will get reps and, you know, we'll work through them throughout the season. Ryan knows what to do. We trust in Ryan and Malik's going to prepare to play. That's kind of what I expect his answer to be. We will see who takes the first rep of drills. Drills. Who takes the first rep of position drills? That's what we will see. We will see, but not be able to say uh, anything about who takes what reps with the offensive line and and whatnot like that. That they do kick us out as that is sort of segueing, but we will see position drills, so we'll know who takes the first rep. What that means, up to you. What you want to, how much stock you want to put into that? Yeah, for sure. All right, Sam. Let's go ahead and get ready for our Wednesday sports trivia. Excited about Wednesday trivia, but real quick, I want to tell everybody about Farm Bureau Health Plans. You can always plan and rely on Farm Bureau Health Plans to help you out with your health coverage. That's who can make it happen for you. They've done it with Tennesseans for over 75 years and can make uh, whatever your situation is a lot easier with your health coverage. Zach has saved 20% on his health coverage and has gotten better coverage uh, with Farm Bureau Health Plans and what he had previously, regardless of your family situation, your family size, uh, growth, or downsizing with the family after the kids move out, Farm Bureau Health Plans is there for you for that right health coverage. Sam, get yourself ready. Always shout out Wilson County Hyundai, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Make them a part of your new car buying process. In Lebanon, again, I've been counting down the days. 11 days left in the year. Uh, 11 more opportunities mm. to find that white ride as they're saying, hey, we've got cars. We want to, we want to sell you cars right before the end of the year. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Sam, are you ready for trivia? Let's go. All right. Here we go with our Wednesday trivia grid. The rules are one, no Googling, no Googling, no Googling. I will pick the first category. Somebody from the chat will pick the second category. We always end with the NFL. So whatever uh, category you want for second, start giving it in the chat. I see it from Orlando. I'm going to start us off with beverages. Beverages. I love that we have baseball back. Um, Gosh. Let's do beverages. This brand of mineral water typically comes in green bottles with uh, gold-colored cap and usual, and usually states on the packaging that it was sourced in France, where it was found in 1863. Okay. Uh, okay. I can see it. I know it starts with a P. Yeah. And let's chat see, is chat. all over it. Yeah, Perrier. Perrier yeah, Perrier I was going to say Pellier, but okay. Perrier. I don't. <laughs> American talks is, is Heineken. <laughs> this is mineral water. So is this just normal water? Austin, I feel like you you're the type of guy to drink this kind of thing. I don't. I don't think I've ever drank in this water before. I am I'm cool with so is it re- is it regular water though, or is it like a flavor? I mean, it's water? fancy. It's it's regular water. It's just like super filtered do you, fancy. Do you drink like liquid death and stuff like that? When I need, if I'm like road tripping or driving or stopping into a gas station, yeah, I'll drink liquid death. But like why grab a liquid death over like a big bottle of Evian or Dasani or something? Marketing, because it's kind of cool, like, you know. All right. <laughs> I mean, that's why people drink it, right? As long as we are on the same page with yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, All where right. are we going Orlando now? and others said movies next. 
Movies. Duncan's Toy Chest is a famous fictional store associated with what 1992 Christmas movie? I'm all over it. Oh, got it. Duncan's Toy Chest. I've got it. So ready to go. I've got a I, lot. I'm pretty go. sure I know. Oh, it's oh, I was wrong. Yeah, chat's on it. Yeah, Trey said Home Alone. Trey, Home Alone correct. Incorrect. It is Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. This is the yeah, this is the toy store in Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Uh, 1992. I thought 92 was early. I was honestly thinking Jingle All. Well, they did they did these like back to back. Uh like Home Alone's like 1991. Home Alone 2 is like 1992. Like they they got these out back to back here. Just think about it. Kevin looks the same. I think it's 91 and 92. One year difference. I think you're right. Home Alone 2 is the correct answer, but I was thinking Home Alone 2 was a a year or two after that. Boom. Lost in New York. That is correct. Uh, Where are we going next? All right. Next, let's go with history. History. This man co-founded the Bank of New York with Alexander Hamilton, was the third U.S. vice president, and later inflicted the gunshot that ended Hamilton's life following a duel. Do you know this, Austin? I have this one ready to go. I, 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 don't, I don't think I know this right now. This is I, one of those things that I absolutely knew one time. <laughs> but I, I got this from watching Hamilton and oh. uh, being familiar with Hamilton that this is, in fact... Aaron Burr, as Matt and Trey are quick to point out. Aaron Trey Burr. Redemption with uh, his correct answer after being wrong. Uh, yeah, I did not know this previously. I yes. had no idea. Aaron Burr is a new name to me this morning. Yeah, Aaron Burr. Well, now, <laughs> now you know. Um, I'm going with MLB. Okay, that's fine. Despite winning 95-plus games in both seasons as the manager of this National League team from 16 to 17, Dusty Baker was fired following second consecutive NLDS exit. Uh, I do I do know this one. I do have this one ready to go. Dusty, been, been around. He's managed quite a few teams. Where was he in 2016 and 17? Yeah. I mean, the Giants is what people are saying in the chat. American we got Tom, American Jay. Cough says Giants. Uh, Jay says Giants. We got <clears throat> Nationals, Cubs, Cubs, Giants, San Francisco, Giants, Cubs, Giants, Giants, Giants. Um, is the chat is wrong, Austin? Oh. It is not the Giants. It is not the Cubs. It's not the Cincinnati Reds. It is. Shout out to my man Matt. It's the Washington Nationals that Dusty Baker ah. was the manager for. Yeah, I did not. Was, uh, I did not know he was with the Nats. Yeah, they were. Orlando was, got it. Yeah, some of their some of their good. Uh, oh, that's his name. Yeah, Dusty <laughs> Baker managed the 2016-2017 uh, Washington Nationals before being fired. Had that little hiatus. Got hired by Houston. Uh, okay. Yeah, he also spent time as David Brown and Jacob Ray point out. And David Ray with the Reds logo says it was the Reds. David Brown, you know, you know, you guys weren't in the playoffs two years in a row. Come on now. You know, the Reds didn't go to the NLDS and win 95 games. Maybe some revisionist history from a Reds fan there. Yes, that um, was, uh, was that Nationals team early Bryce Harper? Or like that was early Bryce not, Harper. Maybe not yeah. early Bryce, but like. No, I mean, it was, it was kind of MVP Bryce. 2016, okay. Bryce Harper won the NL MVP award. Uh, so you had MVP Bryce Harper with the, uh, the Strasburg, uh, mm. Gio Gonzalez. Uh, I 
believe Scherzer did get there before then. Uh, they had some good teams. They just they couldn't get it done in the postseason. And they cycled through quite a few managers. Matt Williams, Dusty Baker uh, cycled through a couple of them before they ended up getting over the hump with Dave Martinez in 2019. It's actually funny, Austin, because the, the Nationals went to the playoffs. And as you see there, 95 wins, 95 wins, kept but getting bounced in the first round. After the 2018 season, Bryce Harper signs with the Philadelphia Phillies. They lose Bryce Harper. That next year is the year they finally win it all after having a crazy <laughs> second half. So uh, just a weird national story that the year nobody thought they had to go. That all was right, the well, team that was good enough to do it. Sam, um, are you, do you feel better now that you got to talk baseball for a second? Yes, uh, I feel fantastic. Nobody asked, nobody asked for that, but I appreciate the, uh, the knowledge. Let's go TV. <laughs> all right. Uh, TV. In 2021, all WWE premium live events, pay-per-view shows have been accessible to subscribers of what streaming platform? I, I don't think this know is. This, I, I think I know this. What do you think? It, I'm gonna it, wait for the chat to see give them some answer uh, an opportunity because okay. Orlando uh, was where I was going. My okay. guess was Peacock. So you're saying Peacock? Darius says it's yeah. WWE Network, but I think Darius, I think a streaming platform yeah. probably Peacock. goes more uh, onto Peacock. So we're going to go with the chat here and say Peacock, and that is correct. Mm. Uh, let's go to college football. All right. Dual threat QB Juice Williams and running back Rashard oh. Mendenhall <laughs> led this Big Ten school during the 2017 oh season gosh. to a Rose Bowl. Sam, I this is catered to Sam and also know. catered to the uh, the comment the conversation that Rashard Mendenhall started uh, on in the internet. Uh, Illinois legend be, Rashard yeah. Mendenhall, Illinois legend Juice. Williams, this is your fighting Illini uh, back when back when football was fun uh, at the yeah. University of Illinois. I All guess right, let's they, go. Let's go music, then celebrity mashup, then NFL. In 2014, the singer broke out with her top five hit songs all about that bass and lips are moving. Uh, I know it. I'm not happy about it. Not a fan of this singer. Do you know who it is? Austin Stanley. The name has escaped me. In this moment, because you know I'm all about oh, that bass. I mean, I know the song. I can't get out of my head for the rest of the day after this. But Megan Trainer, yeah, yeah, not my favorite. This one, this is a, yeah, that she bothers me a little bit. Not a fan of her music. Don't know anything about her personally. The mu the music bothers me a lot, though. Uh, so celebrity mashup. Who are these two celebrities? <laughs> uh, I've got the outside. Is this I have, I've got the outside. I don't, I, I'm not sure I have any idea on the inside. Do you know who that is? Is the outside list? Zach Efron? It is Zach Efron. Okay. That's Ted Bundy era Zach Efron with the beard. Um, Fargo girl is what Mark says. Does anybody know who is in? I've never seen Fargo, um, so I don't know who's in it. That is Zach yeah, Efron. Trace though. says it's the, the, lady it's from Fargo. the lady from Fargo. Well, who's the lady from Fargo, guys? We need if anybody know. Don't look it up. I think I think he's trying to say Francis McDormand. Is that who he's trying to say? Because I believe I that know. 
that that I, that is an actress. I just Charlize. Yeah, Theron. Amanda says that too. Francis McDormand. Francis McDormand. Okay, so we're gonna go with that. Francis McDormand. And we and feel good Zac, about Efron, right? I feel great about Efron. That okay, is a good. Zach Efron. Uh, yeah, there. positive. There. And Chin. Yeah. All right. How about that? Big time. There we go. NFL, cap it off. This man converted from wide receiver to punter in college and played from the Raiders for 2013 to 2017, where he was known for his celebrations after punts. Uh, do you know it, Austin? I do. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, I know. Uh, is it Marquette, Marquette King? Marquette King, yes. Classic. One of the swaggiest punters to ever play the game. Him and Pat McAfee go back and forth for like best celebrations and an absolute cannon on this dude. Uh, wide receiver to punter, and it makes sense because he can punt the ball like 80 yards. Uh, I've mm. watched a couple of his his uh, long punt, long ball competitions. That is Marquette King. Boom. And that is a perfect score and a very nice perfect score today. That was a smooth one. That was a very smooth, perfect score with trivia. And uh, for that, 40% off all of our merch at shop.a-to-zsportsnashville.com. Shop.a-to-zsportsnashville.com. I will grab the link. Guys, we need to sell all of our stuff. So shop.a-to-zsportsnashville.com for 40% off all of our stuff because we are moving our merch. We've talked about it quite a bit. Moving our merch, which means it all needs to go. If it doesn't all go, then Zach and I have to keep it in our houses. And my new house and my new garage already has enough stuff in it. So please buy the stuff. Because look, the t-shirts are great. The pullovers are great. The hats are phenomenal. All of it's good. The golf shirts too. Uh, Shop.a-to-zsportsnational.com. And the link is right there. For 40% off, Sam, that'll do it for us on this Wednesday. We'll be back tomorrow for a... Thursday morning show, and you'll be at St. Thomas Sports Park for Titans practice today to see if we can find out more about what these last three games are going to be for the Titans and uh, what to expect from that. Then Buck Rising live tonight for A to Z Sports Primetime. Make sure you hit that like button. We need more likes on the show, as always. More likes on Facebook and on YouTube. Hit that thumbs up before you head out of here. Appreciate it, as always, and we'll catch you later on. Thanks.